In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. And welcome back to another week on the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh, here as we equip you with practical solutions to live your Catholic faith in our modern world of today. I'm joined by my good friend here, Bishop Richard Umbers. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> I really enjoyed your meme from today. Well, which, now, which one was that? Because I, I get lost on too many memes that just keep pumping out. So <laughs> it's, uh, I think it was the something about um, uh, uh, well, I could open it up. Actually, the want. one on Sunday was better. The, the one, one on, on Sunday, Sunday was better, better but I, they're, they're, look, there's, there's a meme Sunday, a day. So there's I Sunday to... fast. So Bishop Richard Umbers is the meme king. Well, <laughs> well, well, today's was Calvin. Oh, today's was Calvin. I, I did that. Calvin today. That, that wow. was, yesterday was uh, the one of healthcare. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So every single day. Well, there's I need always to keep yeah, up with pretty them. much. I, I I usually get inspired about you know sort of about six a.m. and out comes the meme. Excellent. And we're here to discuss this week evangelizing the secular world. Well, the hardest task, the task of our generation. Well, you'd have to understand what what do you mean by secular? Because there's different like in most okay, words. Let's start by they're, they're given. It. Well, that's the thing because they usually have. A variety of means. Let's create parameters by which we can then move on as a prerequisite. Okay, so the secular world is the the generalized um, the generalized uh, uh, way of life with the absence of God. Okay, that's one. So the like world as socially acceptable. But if you take if, if you take the the, the the notion of world right in scripture, yeah. now God created the world. God loved the world so much he gave us his only son. Yes. So the world is good. Mm -hmm. But world can also be used in another sense as those activities which have the, where, in which we turn our back to God. You know, when we speak of the world, the flesh, and the devil. So yes. secular, secular, you know, secularism can come from, from the Latin, you know, secular. And secular, secular secularum, you know, at the end secular. of the glory to we glory all know <laughs> But it's of the age. Yes. And so we're, we, we, are, we live in time, we live in this world. But the, the difficulty, and I think what you're referring to is when we take an imminentist framework, yes. when we say there is nothing transcendental, we have, we, we are born, we die, and then we have all these activities in between. But that's it. It doesn't go any further than that. It's and that's this world socially and this acceptable. world alone. And it's socially acceptable to live without God. We don't talk about God. It's that general absence of God that you live and in your yet, workplace. And yet there's always that hunger and thirst for God in our hearts. 
Okay. So socially acceptable or not. So I guess the way we look at the secular, this secular world that we live in, when we refer to that is that it's become socially acceptable and it's become the new normal. To live without but, God, but we, we, we but, don't... But, but when you go against nature, and in this sense, yes. our spiritual nature, mm-hmm. it, it, it can only last for so long. You will find then that people are looking to indulge that, that, that hunger and that thirst in, in an idol, exactly. in something that, that takes the place of God. Yes. So I think many ways when you're talking about you know, evangelizing that area, we always start from a position of confidence because we have the revealed truth of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We know who human beings are, truly, yeah. because we, ha- we can look at Christ. Mm-hmm. And so with that knowledge, that's not our own, so to speak. It's not, it's not because we are better, but it's because we have received this gift mm-hmm. of the faith. We have received, above all, this great knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, yes. preserved for us in the church and with the magisterium and the help of the Holy Spirit in all these ways. Then we really do... As Christ was able, when we read in the Gospels, to know men's hearts, you know, he was able to reach into the lives of women and men who would, in many respects, not be seen as religious, who were you know, a corrupt tax collector, uh, a, yes. a woman who had, you know, how many husbands? <laughs> and the one that was with her at the moment was not her husband. You know, these sorts of, who was a bit of an outcast at the well, you know, when the other women were not around. Yeah. I mean, you have to ask yourself these questions. And yet they became apostles, so to speak, you know, in the, in the broad sense of the term. Yeah, so but they, they were they, messages. Uh, they, they spread the humans. faith to others because of their encounter with Christ. And so in that sense, if we know people's hearts, we know what is truly in there and that thirst for recognition, to be loved. But above all, you know, to have meaning in life that comes and can only come from God and that which is transcendent. Well... You, you have then a pathway. If you can live that in your own life, if you can be uh, Christ-like, people will come. People will spread the message. Okay, then that would... I'm really, I'm really excited, actually, for the three practical tools. But let's talk a bit more about that natural inkling, that natural desire that we have for God. And you can often see that in people today who are living without God, living without faith. And it really is, it's a wake-up call for us as Catholics to take our job to evangelize very seriously. Well, one of the reasons given for that situation that we find ourselves in today, where people, it's socially acceptable not to have God in your life. If you look at at the Second Vatican Council and the document Gaudium et Spes, Mm -hmm. numbers 19 to 21, okay, and it talks about the phenomenon, a very modern phenomenon of atheism. That people... They, they, even in a practical way, do not have God in their life. Yes. And it looks at the reasons for that. It's a complex phenomenon. It goes through many different things. People think science and faith are somehow incompatible. People think that the church has behaved in a bad way. People think that you know, all sorts of things. But ultimately, one of the reasons it gives there is our own bad example. The scandal <laughs> of, our, of the, the anti-witness that we have given to the gospel. So when we talk the talk... But then afterwards, they don't see any of that Living love and faith yes. and even hope in, 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 in the future of, of being with God. If that's absent from our lives, that we are, and this is one of the difficulties that we have in the church. It's the spirit of the world, in the bad sense, that has entered into the church. Just like as Pope Paul VI said, the smoke, smoke of, of Satan, Satan has entered but the church. But in our case, it's not as outwardly pernicious as that. It's simply that the way that we do things in the world, that the thinking of the world, which is sec- secular, 
has in the sense that you have given it, has entered into the church. Into so the way that we organize ourselves, you know, we become not the church, but an NGO, like a charitable organization that, okay, what are the material difficulties? It's like the temptations of Christ. You know, what are the material <laughs> difficulties? Let's make bread for these people. But, you know, without any reference to God, and we, we hush that up, you know, don't yeah, talk about the like saints. Yeah, exactly. Don't talk about That's the saints. Right. Just forget that bit. You know, we'll just go, you know, we, you know goodwill. Feed the poor. <laughs> good things. Good things. But, but, it always but we do smile. it. Yeah, but we do it, though, because we see Christ <laughs> in the other person. We do it because it's a corporal work of mercy. Yes. We, or, or, or a spiritual work of mercy, you know, yeah. in, in instructing the ignorant. So, but we do it because we are motivated by faith. And that has to be shown. So if we are to spread the gospel, people have to see it's Christ who is moving my life. I can't sort of like, just, just tone that bit down, put that to one side, you know, just get your rosary, yeah. just stick it in the third drawer down, no one can see it there, you know. Just Let's be pastoral. That's completely the wrong way to go. Yeah. Completely the wrong way to go. And yet that is the way that we operate all the way through. And the reason ultimately is given by Jesus in the gospel, because we serve Maimon and not God. And we cannot serve the two. And so it's our addiction to money that comes from the government, which leads to all of these problems that flow through it. It's amazing. You look at what the bishops of Australia said in the early 70s, um, I, and I have a, a copy of it. It's amazing. I'm, I'm trying to get the actual thing itself. <laughs> but they were saying in, in re response to, to Catholic education, they said, for the love of God, please, please, please be careful not to over-bureaucratize. Don't over-bureaucratize. Wow. But <laughs> that, that was, it was prophetic. Wow. And yet, we see ourselves caught up in so many ways with the way... I mean, look, how else are you going to organize? Yes, we have to have working yeah, we groups have and to committees have, yes. and meetings and these things. It's how we work in the modern world. But it's possible to do these things and to have completely lost the faith and have no reference yes. to Jesus Christ or and not to be inspired to have in the any faith. way by those things. Or but, to have the faith, either way. Yeah, but it, but it becomes irrelevant. You know, it, it's a widgetization of religion. So it's just so many widgets. And you could be with chickens, you could be with Christians, you could be... What does it matter? You know, you, you, there's, a, there's a sort of a science to it, the, yeah. you know, um, like Max Weber. Uh, this is how you do management, this is how you do bureaucracy, you know, make sure you watch Yes Minister and that's your, um, that's, <laughs> that's your professional training. And away you go. And yes. it doesn't really matter what you stand for or what you believe because it's it's the, it's a uh, a sort of a, an art in in how you maintain power and money. It's pretty much like the Sadducees and the Herodians and all the people we read about that Jesus says. You know, like I like to joke. Here we bring the gospel to life. You go, oh, you think that's a good thing? You go, no, 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 no. You brood of vipers. <laughs> well unto you. That's those aspects that we bring to life. Oh, that's anyway. amazing. Absolutely. So we, I think we've defined the parameters. Yeah. Okay. Now we have to go reach the secular world. Where can we? Where is the scope of the secular world? Do you think? Where should we be targeting? We understand what the secular world is. Where are they? Workplaces. Right there. Right there, and there. the people that that you spend time with, the people who know you. So your spheres of influence, your, your circles. The, the, your, your circles, your spheres are the people that you rub shoulders with, the person you catch the train with, the person, and you, you, you know, you, you get to meet, you talk and everything, and, and it's just, if, if you are a Christian, if you are a Christian, as you share your life, you're not making any big deal out of it, but it's like, well, this is what I do. I went to church. Uh, I was at a youth group. I, and they go, but... And especially to the extent that you're a normal person and a good person, they want to know more. And they will say, can I come along? They will. 
Uh, I'm actually because very... because it really you know there's always that hunger for God, and you meet a person of faith, it leaves a deep impression on you. How many times I have heard from others who have sort of slowly come back to the faith, and they were so impressed by the example of someone who didn't even know they existed, but that person was just going about their life, daily life, living their faith, uh, going to church. Uh, praying before a meal, something like that. And just with all simplicity, that person stood out and that other person was there watching. It's like, wow, who's that? Who's that? <laughs> you know, really, really curious, really interesting. Exactly. Let's now go into our three practical tools. Sure. Let's take them out of the toolbox, unpack them. What can we do to take back our secular culture, to evangelize this culture, which, look... If we actually break it down, 10% of Catholics go to Mass, so we can even include lapsed Catholics in this pastoral approach, or what we call the new evangelization, and everybody else who aren't Catholic, who are out there in the world, living without God, it's become socially acceptable. How can we bring, how can a Catholic who's living their faith bring that to them on a practical level? Have a good time. <laughs> Enjoy what you do. You go, what, what was this today? If you are a Christian, so St. Augustine has this famous saying, you know, love and do what you will. Now, <laughs> understood, understood, you know, but, but, but in the sense that, you know, if you... That if, could be if, a great song. But if you're truly... Love and do what you will. Yeah, but if you're truly Christian, like it's love of God, if you love God and, and you know, where there is love, you don't need more. <clears throat> you know, you're not looking to say, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong. No, I, I'm doing what's right, that's right. Yeah. There is no law, as St. Paul says, no law against doing good for others and, and having hope and charity. You know, that's, yeah. that's, they're not sin, that's not sinful. <laughs> so the sense that, you know, you are, you are really, you know, in love with the Lord, you are praying, you're getting to church, you're doing these things. Now, whatever you're doing, whatever, you know, as long as it's upright and noble, whatever, but have a good time. Do that. And then people will join with you. you know, and and you, you naturally, you, you get together with others. And if you've got something good that's going on, at a local level, it could be you know a local soccer club, could be you know a parish barbecue, could be yes. whatever it is. But if it, there's a there's a there's a, a natural grouping of people, you have a good vibe, um, you're a good friend to the people. Then you've got something to, to invite people along to, and and they want to come and they want to be involved, and they become fellow travellers. And over time, you know how many people I have met who are they're not Catholic. But sometimes they act in a more Catholic way than the Catholics, and they start to really get excited about the faith, and ultimately they, they ask to enter into the church. Now, I have known many such people, but it's because there's a group of, you know, a group of men who are just solid. They get together, they share their things. And they have and fun. And they invite them along. They have, have fun, a fun. Have a beer, get together for Absolutely. a beer, do a barbecue, yes. do a men's club, and bring somebody else along. But it's worth it. It's like they're normal guys, and, and, and as much as they're just normal people doing their thing, but they share a little bit and... Is this normal? People want to come along. They want to be part of this it. It seems to be sort of, it reminds me, you know, it brings, it brings me back uh, to, you know, the spirit of um, the uh, father in uh, the work, St. Jose Maria Escriva, and that spirit of bring me that, that apostolic zeal for souls that he speaks about. You know? but, but that zeal, and, and you'll know this from yes. the soul of the apostolate, um, which is a much earlier yeah. work, um, Dom Chantard, or, it, yeah. but it, it's the overflow of the interior life. So if you're in love with Jesus, yes, if you're praying, if so you're, you're pushing yourself, yourself in that regard, you can't help yourself. Okay, so it's working on the interior life, growing that, and then that radiates out yeah, with like a fountain. Help. You can't help it. It's a bit like, you know, there are some people who, um, you, you tell them, like, even in the Gospels, you know, Jesus works a miracle for them and says, Shh, yeah. don't tell anyone. 
don't tell anyone. And it's a waste of time because that person's going to go out and is going to talk to everyone. Yeah, going to tell everyone. And you know, you, you have a friend, you say, no, just keep it to yourself. You know, Don't tell anyone, okay? Don't tell them, oh, yeah, yeah. But you know, they can't help themselves. And they're going to go out and they're going to go, blah, 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 to everyone. Sometimes that could also be an effective way. I remember one fellow was so funny, a Brazilian guy who was uh, in the seminary with me. And when he was in Brazil, he, he was, you know, a bit afraid about doing apostolate. He said, how do I spread the message? You know, I I don't know what to do, You've got human respect, like, oh, it's going to be really bad. And he said, I know what I'll do. And he found the biggest blabbermouth in his class, the biggest blabbermouth. And he said, hey, you know, Raul or whatever his name was, do you want to, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out this afternoon and I'm going to visit an old folks home and, and, and just help out a little bit. And he said, would you like to come with me and help out? And the guy said, oh, look, look, thanks very much. Thanks for that. But look, I've got something on, you know, made an excuse, can't do it. That guy, Raul, he went out and told everybody else in the class, get a lot of what he's up to. Oh, what he's doing, he told everybody. And then of all of those people, three or four come up and say, hey, can we help out? We'd like to come and join you. <laughs> That's <laughs> a smart strategy. <laughs> and what seminary was that, Bishop? Where in did Rome. You... I was in Rome. Uh, okay, excellent. Yeah. Wonderful. And you were studying for the um, uh, the Prelature of Opus Dei yes. and yep. uh, the Holy Cross in Rome. Yep. That's phenomenal. So that's practical tool number one. Yep. Let's get another one. Practical tool number two. Okay. Well, intellectual that's, intellectual formation. Intellectual. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. That's that, but that's essential because people the, want answers. Yeah, and they, they're well educated. Want answers. They are well educated in many other areas. They have a master's degree. They have a doctorate and sociology, history, you know, the sciences, whatever that might be. So when you give an explanation, it can't just be, well, look, when we were in year six, we, we colored in, you know, that picture <laughs> of Mary going up to heaven, and I think that's why. You know, or we, we always used to enjoy... Or we think, sang Kumbaya. <laughs> I don't think anyone sang that. They'd be really old for that one. But, but, oh, no, but, but people expect an, shine, Jesus, an shine. intelligent... They, they want an intelligent answer. And if you've read... The thing is, we have reasons for our hope. It just it just requires a certain amount of intellectual First formation. First Peter three fifteen. Yes, Sanctify but, you, the but, Lord you, Jesus Christ but there are courses that you know. If you go to Notre Dame, if you go to um, some of these the places, you know, with Bishop Barron or or, or others who are providing, mm. who are providing, you know, solid. Or may I recommend yep. uh, Perusia Academy? Perusia Academy, here, yes, or with, Perusia which Academy, has collections yep. of classes. Robert Haddad. Robert Haddad, Father John Flader. Yes. So, solid but, formation. But that's the thing, though. But once you know, like, if you've got a systematic overview of the faith, and you see this, they are mysteries, and it requires the help of the Holy Spirit. Yes. But you begin to see, with faith, how all the mysteries of faith link together. And when you pull on one, it has an influence on this one, and on this one, and this one. And I think as soon as somebody starts to realize that there's a rationale behind all of this, it's not just arbitrary. That's when you've got them hooked, and that's when that's when the Holy Spirit is really moving them with faith. Because they, they wait a moment. This is there's a lot more going on here than I ever gave yeah. this cred, you know, credence yeah. for. Um, but but that that's incumbent upon us though to you know the more you know the more hungry you are to know the more you know the more you can love you know the more you love the more you you want to know the loved. Or well, may I recommend even that. better. The Episcopal Podcast. You're the founder of, and congratulations for that. I didn't get a chance to. Well, I've really... been interviewing a few bishops actually. So, that's a, 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 a <laughs> so Bishop tomorrow, Richard but... Umbers, be sure to download wherever you get your podcast, the Episcopal Podcast. Well, it's a, it's a teaser to to certain intellectual topics. <laughs> you can really learn a lot just from listening to you on your podcast. Well, really. and the, the people we're interviewing. Exactly, that's amazing. So 
learn your face, know the answers. Because oh, yeah. often in the workplace, and I'll get into that later. It doesn't mean that you they want to know. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you've got all the answers. You don't have to have yes, all the answers. You don't answers, have to have all the answers. But you're able to give something. Yeah, and you can show that. Look, there's there's something. There's a, there's a bit of depth to to what I'm saying here. Exactly. And if you don't know the answer, get a notepad, write and it down, learn, yeah. find it out, and then come back. I'll get back to you. Sure. Let's go into the third practical tool before we go for our break. Oh wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> number and, three. And number three, and you know this is the hard one, and this one here, I'm I'm sort of feeling a little bit a little bit like oh gee sheepish, <laughs> because here I have to say oh I have to do more of this. It's penance. Praying for people, but praying, like offering something up for them. So, you know... How can we go about doing that? How can you remember how to pray for different people? Well, if you're really concerned for someone, I mean, we we pray for people, but then you say, you know, because... On an hourly level, an hourly level. In the sense that, you know, we're all called to do penance, but we make up for for those sufferings that are wanting in the body of Christ, as St. Paul says. You know, Christ, his sacrifice is perfect. But what's missing is our participation in the cross. Yeah. And it's mysterious. It's, a, it's, it's mystical. It, it, it's, it's true. It's real. We don't know quite how to explain this. But you look at the lives of the saints. Yeah. You look at the efficacy of the saints. One way or another, they've been f- picking up their cross to follow after Christ. And that's what he says to us. And so there are ways in which, you know, the difficulties that we have to face, it could be ordinary everyday difficulties as well, but you know, not to complain about them. And that's really, really hard uh, for men anyway. Women <laughs> seem to be much stronger than men in, in these things. But, but anyway, you know, but to, to, to do things with a smile, to, um, to do that little bit extra, give up that one thing that's been costing us. Uh, you know, maybe, in, in, look, I'm, I'm so addicted to this thing and, you know, Put it to one side and, oh, you know, my baby, come back. And, you know, okay, but back and forth with this thing. You know, but to offer that up for, for those people, for that purpose, for that reason. And I think that's a very practical way of, of evangelizing. So to offer it up. Maybe, maybe you might want to try, maybe every two hours, I try to offer up for an intention for somebody. You can do that, yeah. So by offer working. Up your work, work well done, finishing that, you know, that, that homework or whatever it was, I want to give up now. But that, you offer I, that up, let's say, two hours of well. doing that report at work. Yeah. Remembering Christ, focusing on Christ and speaking of Christ. Yes. In your work. Excellent. So now we'll take our break before we uh, open the line here for Bishop Richard Umbers to answer your questions. The magic number is 9625-6111. That is 9625-6111. Or simply email us here at thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com. Or you can simply comment your questions or, or put in your comments or thoughts in Facebook Live, any of the Facebook Live streams on EWTN Asia Pacific, The Catholic Toolbox, Voice of Charity, uh, anywhere else. So... Stay tuned here. We'll be back shortly. And welcome back to another week in the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, Georgia Manasseh, here as we equip you with practical solutions to live your Catholic faith in our modern world of today. We're joined by founder of the Episcopal Podcast and Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of Sydney, Bishop Richard Umbers. Thank you for continuing. Thank you. Yes, it's great to be continuing the discussion. So for those uh, who are tuning in live with us, we have an open line here with your comments or questions. Call the number 9625-6111, that is 9625-6111, or email us here at thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com, 
or you can comment in any of the Facebook live streams on EWTN Asia Pacific, the Catholic Toolbox, Voice of Charity, or Perusia. So, let's continue our discussion. Before we go into that, I just want to thank you personally for your endorsement of my book, The Art of Practical Catholicism. Uh, meant a lot to me uh, for endorsing that, so thank you very much. Don't forget to get a copy of my book, The Art of Practical Catholicism, endorsed by Bishop Richard Umbers. So thank you very much, Bishop. Let's now talk more about, yeah, living the art of practical Catholicism. You've given us three practical tools. Now let's talk about the workplace. We sure. spend most of our time in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is where I'm, I'm trying to gain some traction here currently in my workplace where, you know, it's, it's sort of like they, they always look you up. They mm -hmm. Facebook you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they might say, yeah, Art of Practical Catholicism by George Manasseh, author. But for, it doesn't have to be that. You, they just look up anybody that's Catholic. Oh, yeah, he goes to processions. He serves at, you know, mm -hmm. Latin Mass. He, uh, <laughs> Eucharistic processions. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he defended the cathedral on uh, yes, last Saturday, Saturday night. night. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, but in and, some ways... In and some they know ways, you're Catholic. I know. And they know you're practicing. Yeah. And... and they sort of have a gist. You're, you're religious, and they see your concern, and they ask you about your faith. It's it, it, that's the the prime time for me to evangelize. It can be, it can be. Uh, it depends how we come across. So, yes. prudence is necessary, and and that's why I organise uh, a, a breakfast for young professionals, yes. where I get someone who's been. Uh, not just well experienced, but who's even prospered in their field, to share what the faith means for them. Yes. Because I think that's it's always good to see someone who's not just talking theory, but has, you know, with the by the grace of God, it, it got somewhere in life mm -hmm. um, to show that it is possible to not simply sit on your hands. Because I think one of the difficulties that you can have, you think the only way I'm ever going to get ahead in life is is if I just hush up my faith. I just say, you know, just go go grey rock. And, and no one knows a thing about me. And that's no way to religion. live your faith. You know, yes. we, we, you can't hold what's in your heart. Uh, you can't just bury that forever. You're not you know? meant to. That's the You're thing. You're not meant to. So the issue is how you can, at work, be a man of, or woman of faith uh, and without necessarily, you know, just going into spontaneous combustion on your first day at work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's ways and ways of, of doing things. And it's, it's hard because... You know, there's the temptation to be a sellout, and you can think, I should have said something and I didn't. But there's the temptation to be foolhardy. And if you look at someone like St. Thomas More, who was the Chancellor of the realm, mm -hmm. now how he dealt with a boss, in his case, Henry VIII, mm -hmm. who was completely <laughs> doing the wrong thing, you know, and, and how he, he would try to advise his boss, he would try to help him. But ultimately, he had to just try and take a step back, and then he went completely the other way. But it was really interesting, that dialogue that you see in The Man for All Seasons, uh, yes. with, I don't know whether it's his, with his daughter's boyfriend or something like that, he was really sort of all over the shop about, we're going to do this, and show him, you know, <laughs> give him hell, and, and then the reason and the reasonability of Thomas More and say, well, no, the laws are there. Those they're like trees in the forest. They're there also to protect us, <laughs> and, you know, with, with the devil to try to prosecute us, you know, so... There, there is there's need to have clear principles and to follow through on those. So sometimes it's not a question simply of, of just acting on your first impulse and just going like the Hulk. You know, you rip your rip your shirt off and let's get there. You don't like because when I'm angry. sometimes it does boil up in you. You know, mm -hmm. people bring up discussions in the workplace. You know, 
you've got to be reasonable reasonable so if you're bill bannon well go off and wait till the hulk's finished to then come back and and to to proceed on the basis of principle and you've thought it through you know, because you might feel like I'm right and it's the right thing to do. Well, that's good. But oh, it's the right thing to even jump into the conversation when it's on the other side of the room. Yeah. You're so hearing it prudence, and starting to, prudence. yeah. I think the, the, the advice... It's a, it's a hard one. The advice we, I give to parents, I think, would apply here. If you're upset with your children, and you can be upset with them for all sorts of reasons, yep. if you raise your voice in that moment, you've lost. Because they just say, oh, you know, you're flying off the handle. Yeah. If you wait until you calm... I'm very calm, no problems now. And now I deliberately raise my voice, but it's quite intentional. Yeah. Then the kids quake because they know that it's, you know, that I'm in trouble and it's the reason why I'm in trouble. Um, and, and so in that sense, if you're able to, okay, it's hard. You've got to just like, don't send the email. Don't send the email. Wait 24 hours. Wait. And then come back to it and then see how you're going to phrase this. And especially in an Australian context, everything is very subtle. You know, and even just a little sort of raising of the eyebrow, or not quite what I would have wanted. You know, there's a lot of passive aggression yeah, in, in, everything, in the way we deal with everything. Yes. And, and it, it speaks volumes. You know, people let, let, let the reader, you know, understand. <laughs> um, so you, it, it, there, there is need sometimes, if you don't want, to, don't want yourself to be written off as a complete nutcase, yes. there's ways and ways to, to, to progress the same, the same goal. You know, the message will get across. It's how you put it. So, I mean, okay, let's take a scenario, yeah, somebody speaking about the Catholic Church, having a discussion, and then they know you're religious, it's a great time to jump in and then start, you know, that's where the intellectual practical tool mm-hmm. comes in, where we know how to answer intellectually. And well, you make an appeal, you make an appeal to things that they believe. How do you jump into a discussion? That's not part well, of you. May I, may I join in or... Um, I jump in? Well, well it, it, but, but it, 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 there's so many different ways. It depends on your personality. Mm. I mean, it has to be done with I guess grace. we have to assess the workplace, the particular workplace. Let's yeah, say. But, 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 but ultimately, though, it, it does come down to, in the sense that, you know, people chime in from time to time about whatever the issue is. Yeah. Mean, it depends. Th- that depends on so many circumstances, your relationship to those people. Yeah, the best thing would be to scope it out first uh, and understand your particular workplace. Let's say you started there and you understand... How can, but should we be always strategizing how we can evangelize, no matter what workplace or situation? I think it will come naturally. We should say, how can I? And it should come naturally. They crop up. I think if you're a friend, you just things come over time. It comes over time. I think it is important. I would say this, because the the longer you are in a workplace and they don't know that you're a Christian, the harder it's going to be for you when That's the truth right. finally <clears throat> drops. And I've personally experienced that. It's but if, you, if you keep it on the on the lowdown yeah. for too long, eventually when they find out, they're just like, what? What was it? Whereas if you gave it just like Hansel and Gretel, oh, a little crumb oh, here a and a little crumb there, and they follow the pathway. Because right. if you tell people that you pray a Hail Mary, they think that you're a saint. Like automatic saint, you know, you, you've been beatified. That's it. Yes. Know. So it, it's it's a little bit thing, you know, we, we in the midst of, oh, what you do on the weekend? You know, someone's like, oh, man, oh, you should have seen how much we drank. And, oh, and what you do on the weekend? Oh, man, we, you know, the, the, we were at this miserable yacht and we were doing, you know, this stuff. You know, what you do? Know, oh, you know, well, I, was, I was cleaning the house and, uh, yeah. We well, drank. <laughs> maybe not. Anyway, but, was, you know, but, but in the sense that in the midst of a number of activities, great things that you, you nice. oh, we went to church, yeah. And oh, mass, yeah. 
Oh, <laughs> now they're going to, but at least, but it's it's in the context of many other things that you've been doing. Now that's the yeah, only exactly, thing. Yeah. The only thing they remember was that the church. So yeah. if you've had a two-hour conversation and five <laughs> minutes was spent saying about what you believe, yeah, they will go say the entire two hours was about you and your faith. Like that's how <laughs> that's how it's, it's it's like a tenfold sort of reaction to all of these things. So you only need to leave little little crumbs, just little, little crumbs, crumbs here and there. And that, that's all. And I volumes. think the best time for crumbs in the workplace mm-hmm. is now Lent. You're fasting every day. People offering me chocolate. You know, yep. I'm always um, bringing it up. Yep, sorry, look, I'm fasting. We fast. And you know what's amazing about the work? There's so many fallen away Catholics. Mm-hmm. You know, talk mm-hmm. about the new evangelization. Yep. There's so much work that can be done oh, well, look, just I, with fallen away Catholics. Oh, but on that note, there are a lot of lapsed Catholics that give things up for Lent. That's good, yeah. But the one thing that they will do, you know, sort of like, oh, you have to do it for Lent, you know, the guilt. But, um, but yeah, but that's 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 sort of a great opportunity, though. Oh, yeah, I'm not doing whatever it is. And go, oh, you're trying to lose whatever. No, no, it's just for... Oh, yeah, we fast. <laughs> but then they'll hold and they always put you on pause. Then they hold you to it. Then they go, oh, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. But being of Middle Eastern descent, they always ask, you know, are you another religion? Or... Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm Catholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny because it's sort of as if... And then when you start to engage in a few theological discussions, you know, with good Muslim friends, you know, and they ask about the Trinity at work. You always have Catholics in the background listening. Mm-hmm. It's sure. like, oh, yeah. and, is this and guy that, Catholic? But that's why, that's why it's always worth Same religion, keeping, right? your, keeping your temp, you know, being patient. No, but in a good discussion. Yeah, but a good discussion, but where Going you're patient, where you're reasonable, you're always going to be the voice of reason. Now, the person you're talking to may be quite unreasonable. Keep your cool, hold your fight, because the others who are listening in, they're, it's like a Facebook discussion. There, there's the, the person who was reasonable, who was the you know, said, okay, well you got this, but however, you know, making clear but, but calm and taking into account where other people are coming from. That's the person that people remember, not the just like the flamethrower. Just that's yeah. not always that's not because I think front. it comes yeah. across as you know you're not you're not you're not insecure about your beliefs. You're confident in that's your beliefs. It. Yeah, you're presenting as I say in my book. Um, in the chapter on uh, the art of uh, apologetics, you know, keeping your cool and presenting yourself well mm-hmm. in that manner leaves an impression. It's it, like which is not easy because when you care, when you really care, it's not. <laughs> it can be hard. You go, well, it, I, I really feel like this. You it know, can so. be. But again, if we have confidence, yeah, this is where it. I say sure. we care so much to engage in the discussion. But once I'm in there, I know we have the truth. Yeah. We have the confidence, and I, I know that. You know, a, a discussion about the Trinity of someone not understanding the Trinity is not going to put me off. Yeah. Now, I enjoy explaining it to them. And uh, it's so funny because, you know, Catholics listening in, it's sort of like they wake up like, wow, it's got another Catholic. I should know this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it, it's really the example, you know, of, of at least they, they see that you know your faith, you can explain your faith. And and I think there, once you once people know, let's say in the workplace, you you're living your faith, or clients, or anywhere else, you're living your faith, then they start to look at how you work, right? And they, they may see that, that, you know, doing a good job may connect well with your faith. Is it, Do you yeah. see that there's a connection by doing a good job at work? Do they associate often the faith? Well, I can tell you what, they, the would, associate, they would certainly associate doing a bad job <laughs> with a bad Christian, that's, a, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, those religious people. But no, that, that's true. I mean, obviously, if you are known as someone, because many times, you know, we have the saints as exemplars. Yes. And, and it makes a big difference. We, we are influenced by our environment. We're influenced by the people we hang around. And the good example that is given at, play, at times 
has has a massive impact on those around to say, no, I will do the right thing. No, I, I will listen to my conscience. I, you know, <clears throat> even when there's corruption, um, it, it matters. So, so the, 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 the wins with the help of the Holy Spirit that we have in our own struggle impact not only on ourselves, but on a lot of other people around us in and, ways that we would never know. And we have a question emailed us from June. And June asks, sometimes our tasks at work can seem menial and repetitive. What are your suggestions in being able to sanctify tasks you have to do but might not appreciate? Example, meetings, presentations... <sighs> Oof. Oof. <laughs> Thank you very much, June, for your question. Well, that hits the meetings. Meetings. <laughs> One of my Lenten resolutions is I'm not allowed to complain about meetings. So I have to say, you know, I even said, I've even put on Twitter, you know, how, what should I do? And then people said, yeah, more meetings, you know, getting more meetings. <laughs> but, but, uh, St. Hazemaria Excriva <laughs> says, um, uh, Blessed be pain, glorified be pain, sanctified be pain. Plenty <laughs> in a meeting. Um, it's, it's a new corporal mortification. Yes. Uh, but, but the thing is, obviously, the, the, when we're working not simply for that particular boss, or when we're working for God, when we're trying to sanctify that work that we have at hand. Yep. Uh, and that's something that's a matter for our own prayer. And so, you know, was God happy with me? Could I, you know, nothing's lost in that regard if I did, if I offered it up to God. So you can go through the processes. And we'll, oh, whatever it is that's in front of me, I'll, I will try to do it to the best of my ability, and that will impact on on the people around me. Now, the the, the issue itself, you could think, you know, like especially a meeting, you think, what on earth is this about? You know, we went nowhere. Well, maybe that's a problem too, because if I'm truly sanctifying that meeting, I'll be trying to take action to ensure that it doesn't go nowhere. Yeah, I'll find one angle or another. I've got to advise these people or put that forward or do the agenda better. So sometimes if we feel like things are, are a bit fruitless, part of the problem could be our own, you know, that we're, we're, we're not using our initiative to, to change yes. that circumstance, to, to transform that environment. Well, the origins of the show here, the Catholic Toolbox, goes back to the construction sector. We have things called toolbox meetings. Yeah. And those toolbox are strategic meetings. <laughs> where you have to talk about what you're going to do practicality so um that might be a suggestion <laughs> well, but that's the thing you know so we, we, we come up look... with practical resolutions yep one each <laughs> for example exactly all right so we have a question through facebook live here on the catholic toolbox from agnes agnes asks what do we do with our brethren ca uh, catholics who join groups actively that are not recognized by the church such as um yeah uh, you know several organizations so what do we do well, I mean, there's many, like, I, I don't know, there's, you have to be a bit more, like, what do you mean by organization is not approved by the church? Because there's, the church doesn't approve yeah, a lot groups, of organizations. blogs, um, you know, those so things, I, I Facebook see, wars. <laughs> I mean, there's a broad range. Like, well, let's say Bible studies. Scouts, things, yeah. you know, but you could join the scouts. I mean, but in principle, approved, but... in principle, it's, if it's, if it's not approved by the church, some prayer group or devotion that doesn't have the stamp of the church. I, okay, so the, the imprimat, okay. Well, then, obviously, I mean, there's always caution required. It takes, something has to get underway before the church can even get to, to approve it. Yes. Right? I mean, you know, you, so that's one of the things. When, when you have a saint, you need to have a certain amount of devotion to the saint. But how do you get the devotion to the saint before, you know, like, you know, it's a bit chicken <laughs> and egg. Um, but I think in that sense, though, it, it is worth looking into the wisdom of well, what are these people up to? You know, what are they, who benefits from this? Um, there's a reason why you have Episcopal oversight, why you have the shepherds. 
And so you do, you know, you may not like a particular priest or a particular bishop, but you, you can't go out your own way. You know, you, you, you have to remain within the fold. The bishop has to remain within the fold too. But in as much as the bishop is in the fold and united to the Pope and, you know, the priest is doing the same thing with his bishop, so it's not good to have priests who are just wandering. Um, there's, a, there's a long history of the church about that. Council of Trent has a lot to say. Uh, but they took the, the good Bible's, action. They took good action. Who Trent did? Yes, of course they did. <laughs> but 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 that, but there's there's a wisdom, certain wisdom that there's a danger when someone is only saying things that you like to hear. You've got to be open to listening to things that you don't want or are not convenient. And that's also, so long as they are actually in communion. Now there's things which are clearly against the faith, and all right, well that's bad. And you don't follow in that regard. But in so in as much as you can say, you know, you, you you've got to keep communion. You have to keep communion. And so there's, there's a certain wisdom because someone can say things that, yeah, I like that. I like that. And then the problem is they, they can then, the Protestants started off that way too. Now, a lot of the things that Luther said, fair enough. You know, it's wrong to sell indulgences. It's the sin of simony. I mean, there's, there's a number of things there. But he went beyond ecclesiastical authority. And then, you know, the, it became Threw the baby out of the bathwater. Well, in the end, I mean, there's, you know, you, you need to study the history of the church. You need a certain perspective on all of these things. It's not like the, the, the problems of today have no, you know, there's nothing we can learn from, from problems of the past. Um, so in that regard, yes, you know, you, you've got to also trust your Catholic nose. You know, you start to go, doesn't, doesn't smell right, you know, in, in that sense. You know, for instance, you go somewhere and they never talk about Mary. There's never any devotion to Our Lady. There's something wrong. Something wrong there. It's missing. It's missing as an essential component. But you're imposing your spirituality. I'm imposing the spirituality That's of the church. <laughs> Lumen Gentium, chapter eight. You know, like in that sense, no. You, you know, because so, I've heard that you before. Know you know, that. you know, there has to be there has to be love for the Pope. There has to be love for 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 our Lord and the Blessed Eucharist. There has to be love for our Blessed Mother. These things that they're all they're all things that have to be part of what what it makes you to be Catholic. And if any of these things are not there, you go, something's not right. Excellent. And we have another question from Mary. Mary's emailed us here with a question. And she asks, I'm a simple person with average intelligence. I only have the courage to teach little children about the faith as a catechist. Is this good enough to say that I'm doing my part in evangelization? I don't know if uh, I would have the courage or ability to be on a debate if someone would challenge me. I only have the basics. That God is love, I know my faith, but I don't have the eloquence of explaining it. What should I do? Okay, well, I, I think a child who has the catechetical knowledge of a, of a grade two yes. is doing much better than many theologians. <laughs> Frankly, <laughs> you know more than many philosophers. Aren't, you know, all, to know the, that, to know, aren't all theologians good? To know that there is God, to know who God, something of who God is, that God made us freely. In that childlike way. No, but it doesn't even to be childlike in the sense, no, you know, who is God? God is <laughs> eternal. You know that. Yes. God is uncreated. You know that he made the world. He gave us his only son. Jesus is God. He's true God and true man. He died for us. He said, to, to, this is, this is brilliant. Like, you, you could be the, you could be Aristotle, but if you don't, but that is much more important and, and much deeper. The wisdom we get from our knowledge of, of the scriptures and our, and our practice of the faith I, I wouldn't be too hung up by those things. And, and, and anyone who is of a certain level of intelligence, when they look into what you are saying, they'll read a lot more into it. And they go, you know, we should never be 
uh, feel like we're somehow at a loss. We have tremendous wisdom when we have, you know, even a, a basic catechetical grasp. What revelation brings to us is it's the power of the truth itself. It's not about how well we explain things necessarily. It's not about us. It's the truth. And that, that, that sells itself, especially someone of, of intelligence. Is that when they get a, a, a glimpse of that, they're, they're amazed. So it would mean, maybe going back to your second practical tool, study. Maybe, Mary, uh, a good idea is to study further a little bit more. But in no way, someone teaching children should look at it as I'm evangelizing less than somebody debating in high schools. Because again, the children, that's the future of the church. If we are living out our faith, if we are living out our faith... No matter what circumstance. Then we we will be... When people ask us questions, we can give what appears to us to be a simple answer, but it'll be profound. Quite profound. And as as Eastern theology often says, it's all a mystery. Mr. E. (laughs) So definitely keep up the great work, Mary. Um, So... Where do you see the future in the next five years of the faith and the church and where? And <laughs> it depends society. which country. Where in the world? Aust- Sydney, Australia. I mean, if you look at Africa, New South any Wales, any of the countries in Africa. I mean, the church is Australia booming here in Australia. Yes. Uh, well, I, I would say you would. There is a lot of life in Sydney, a lot of life in Parramatta. I can tell you that. Um, people from all around the world, and you look at the expansion out to Gregory Hills and these places. I mean, people who come from from a number of countries around the world, alive with the faith, and who are now taking grasp of the opportunities that Australia has to give. Um, people from Iraq, people from Uganda, uh, people from the from Kerala, uh, people from all sorts of parts of the world, able to take real advantage of of the beautiful things that Australia has to offer bringing the fervor of their faith into this place. I would really, one, one goal I would have is very much to, to, to bring together all of that fervor, the popular piety, but to, to shape it with a bit of Australian professionalism. <laughs> and, and how would that, how how that pan out? Well, see how you can mix that together and, 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 uh, and to, to always take things to a, to a new level in terms of organization. Uh, I think that could be quite uh, a creative mix. Excellent. So you think that the, let's say, the west of Sydney, out of the greater Sydney is yep. booming. It's, Absolutely. It's expanding. Yep. And you have, do you think, it's, it's obviously demographical migration mm-hmm. uh, where the, those people come from countries which still have the faith, haven't been secularized as much yeah, but, as but, but we have, But we've got sufficient here yeah. to generate our own heat. Yes, you know, you, you, it's a bit like with mulch, you know, you put it all there and it's covered over the leaves. But, but ultimately, you know, you dig into that after a while, it's, it's burning inside. Amazing. You know? Bishop, look, you have, you, you have, I mean, such an amazing optimism. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, what, what is your pastoral vision for yourself and, uh, and, and how you want to carry out your ministry with, let's say, the podcast I mean, worldwide, you're trending with memes. Yes. <laughs> and we yeah, can yeah. touch on memes a little bit as well. Sure. I mean, it, extremely relevant to the youth. I mean, there's so many people who follow you worldwide on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, everybody talks about Bishop Umbers. Well, relevant no, no, to the it's, youth. It's funny. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I've, I've, with the help of Ben Connolly, um, I'm doing these little <laughs> one-minute videos. Yes, which, which yes. Which a lot of fun. Everybody's enjoying him. Everybody yeah, is. More, more, more coming. 
Um, I love the one on uh, abortion. Yeah, but the, but the, this, this, the, the, it's it's almost surreal because when we have a work meeting, we get together and we okay. Well, Bishop, I've done this, and I look at it, and go fresher memes. We need fresher memes. That's really what happens in your meetings. <laughs> fresher uh, memes, <laughs> better memes. But that's it's kind of it's bring me in funny. some better memes. Get out of here. More or less. I knew it. It's surrealistic. Um, but, uh, but, but I think in, in, in that sense, social media, I see that yes. really, really important. Yes. Now, but, but ultimately... And did take off for you. It, it took off uh, after your ordination. To well, I've, I, I, well, I really? said before I was a dame that I wanted to be more involved in social media. Um, and I've, I've always worked with university students. So I, yes. it's kind of a bit of a niche. <clears throat> As former chaplain of Warrain College. Yes, yes, for many years. And also chaplain of a school and that. Yes. So I've always been a bit... Redfield. In, um, in, in that area. Is um, it Redfield that you were... Redfield, yeah. Yeah, was, Redfield was, College. I was chaplain so at Redfield. Highly recommend that school. Um, but, but I think the thing of... But, but the ultimate thing is going to be from the social media, what's generated there, how then that can come into things like the Perusi Academy uh, or Notre Dame or other places where you're able to run courses. I'm, I, I myself... Am keen, and I may be doing it out at Bankstown at some stage. Um, giving some catechesis live. Yes, excellent. So you need you actually do need to be, bring people together in. in it's not real very time. much heard of. Bishops don't usually give catechesis. We don't see as much. Well, we're called to preach. So in thing. the Acts of the Apostles, they actually ordain deacons so that they don't have to worry <laughs> about the distribution of the lives between the you know the, the widows. It's, it's so that they can dedicate themselves to preaching the word. But that's absolutely amazing, and you do a fair bit of visiting to many priests, um, and, and that's tremendous. I mean, it's very pastoral uh, as a bishop. It's very shepherd-like. Um, so I really do, I, we, we love the memes. Any new ideas? For memes? Yes. Well, you can send me, well, you can always send, send me the odd meme. No, oh, there's odd plenty. Are you open for people to send you ideas for memes? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, no, well, that's good. Well, bring it on. Bring it on. Eventually, you can have, you can have a school of memes. You know how, you know, in art, you know, doing the Renaissance, <laughs> and they're there working in, you know, the, 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 the gallery. You imagine having that, you know, people's sort of a meme factory, meme farm. A meme factory. <laughs> a meme farm, you know, anyway. So what, we quite... just take photos, and then we come up with the, you know, ideas. Imagine like... that for a Benedict option, you know, everyone there just farming memes, just trying to go through Tumblr or whatever it is. It's, you know, Pretty Farming memes. That's that, it's absolutely tremendous. It's absolutely tremendous. <laughs> Anyhow, very good. Yes, and um, where do you see the importance of tradition informing the life of the faith so that we can actually go out and be effective? Well, I mean, our Lord says, you know, any scholar draws from what's new and what's old, right? You know, yes. they, they know how to, to, to bring the two together, and that's always been the case. I mean, we have. 2,000 years of experience and, yes. and reflection with the help of the Holy Spirit on what Jesus has said and done. Um, lived out in, in so many ways across the planet. Like, how can you ignore that? You know, <laughs> and there are things which are tried and true. Like, you look at the Holy Rosary. Now, that's something that's a tradition that's developed out of people's Marian devotion. But it's such a beautiful prayer. It's such a solid prayer. That even though it, it was born in one particular place, you know, for, for its reasons, because people couldn't read the Psalms, you know, they, they weren't literate or whatever it is. But, but the rosary's taken off. I mean, everyone around the world wants to pray the Holy Rosary. Yes. For good reason. Or adoration of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. I mean, yeah, it, it was, again, born out of certain circumstances. The Latin rite. The Latin rite. For Latin rite. But, it, but, but why wouldn't you want to do why that? Why wouldn't you want to do it? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, so, and then also we learn also from, from others, too, you know, the, traditions that are born in, in, in other parts of the world and 
but it's been going for a long time and you can see there's something to this you know it's pretty solid and forms of prayer that that maybe more eastern or something like that people discover that and, and then, then they the get Latins into that and, it, yeah but yeah. we share with the universal exactly. church but, but, but the fruits are there because it's been there for for generations and there's a reason why it's been there for generations absolutely and let's uh we have another question through facebook live from lisa and lisa asks what practical advice can you give to all the mothers out there who are struggling with prayer time confession going to mass etc there are a lot of mothers out there with guilt because of covid and it's getting harder to get the kids and toddlers back to church. So that, that's where there's, there's room for pastoral, well, to, to, to talk with the priests. I think the younger priests are more open, but really to have the, to, to give the practical insight. Spiritual so that, direction? Yeah, no, but also to help the priest. Help the priest know what are the practical needs. Like, in a certain sense, um, the priest is there with a good heart, wants to help, wants to reach out to people, but it, you're living in a different circumstance. He's not going to be as aware of what is, a, what is practically helpful. So if you have a good relationship with the priest, you can say, Father, did you know? Father, it would be helpful. And if you make practical or suggestions, bishop. <laughs> or bishop, but if you make practical suggestions, and even if you find people who will help make that practical thing happen, Father could go, okay, we'll try it out. Okay, well, thank you. Well, we'll see what we can do. But you have to you have to have a dialogue there. You have to have a friendship with yep. with the priest, and then you can share the practical aspects to what would what would be of help, because the priest wants to know. He doesn't always he's not as aware that that would be helpful. So that's probably one way is, is to but say maybe what, maybe maybe we can talk a little bit about managing your prayer that plan of life that Saint Jose Maria sure. Escrivá, the founder of Opus Dei, speaks so when, about. So when the kiddies are crying and time and, and confession learning, going it's to mass, hard. Yeah. it's very hard. I mean, I. I I know, in, in that sense, it depends. I hope you hope the priest is, you know, if you know the priest a bit beforehand, that he's he's understanding, because you know, okay, you want to go to confession and you can't leave the kids out. I mean, if you put the kid outside the confessional, they're going to be going screaming, blue murder, let me in, let me in, and then you let the kid into the thing and he's there smanging on the grill. Or maybe you, know, going, you can arrange an appointment things. with father to come to you for confession. Usually, mm, they no. No, that's not. You can't go to house to house to do these things. Okay, you can't. Yeah, they're probably it's, not it's prudent. Not practical, yeah. No, not practical. It's not prudent. Uh, but but you know you need to be in the confessional. But but it's but there's there's ways and means uh, that people can organise themselves to help you know and other people in the community too you know who are perhaps uh, a bit older now but are looking for something to do. If if you have the practicalities, if you can come together as a community, everyone can have a role to play to help. Exactly. And uh, what about prayer life? That plan of life that Saint Maria speaks. Well, we all need we all need time. To, to My advice is structure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Structure, structure, order, structure. Order I'm a man of structure. You. I love structure. Yeah. But it's not always... You'll see when, you, when you're married and God blesses but you But if children, I didn't have a structure... We could talk about it then. Everyone yeah. says that. But if I didn't have a structure, it'd be more chaos. Yes. If you have a structure before, it gets woven. At least you have something that's more stable than what well, was. Well, I, think, I think on that basis, we'd need to ask someone who already has five kids. And, and then they're, they're probably the best I people have. to give advice have. on this thing. <laughs> I have, and they, they also give the same yep. advice. <laughs> so, we'll only know when we're there, Bishop. But um, thank you very much, Lisa, for that question. So, three practical tools. Let's wrap up. Very good. Number one. Um, what was number one? Have a good time. Have a good time. So don't forget to have a good time. Be pastoral. 
Yeah. You know, be cool. You know, be relevant. <laughs> I just don't do whatever, whatever that you're do into. Do what you do. Be cool. Do it. Well, out, basically, have love, a good time. Love and love. do what you will. Do what you will. Okay. Yeah, but love, like, <laughs> not bad and do what you will. <laughs> love and do what you what will. What about practical yeah. tool number two? Learn. That's it. Yes. It's study the faith. Go to perusiamedia.com. We have locals here. The hub for resources, perusiamedia.com. Get some CDs, YouTube videos. Check out the Episcopal Podcast. Tune in to the show here. There's plenty of resources. Uh, practical to number two? Three. It's penance. <laughs> penance, penance, penance. Yeah. That's what the angel cried at Fatima. No. Yeah, but it's kind of important. Start this Lent. Yeah. So we can do that. Thank you so much, um, Bishop, for coming on live. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, be sure to check out the Episcopal Podcast. Um, wherever you get your podcasts, um, subscribe to the Bishop's Podcast. So, thank you for tuning into the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manassa. Until next week, God bless, take care, and take action. God bless you. God bless. In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity.